0: Today's episode is about a global issue that hits close to home. Japanese nuclear regulators last year approved to release 1.3 million tons of treated water from the Fukushima Daiichi nuclear power plant into the Pacific Ocean. The treated water was used to cool damaged reactors of the power plant, which was damaged by a devastating earthquake and tsunami that happened in 2011. To shed more light on this is Greg Yan, founder and executive director of Best Alternatives, an environmental group advocating for sustainable seafood and the preservation of marine biodiversity. So, with your expertise, Sir Greg, how will the Philippines specifically be affected by this plan to release treated water into the Pacific Ocean?
1: The Philippines is one of the 17 countries or territories that ring the Pacific Ocean. But The Philippines has been the first country which is always battered by the storms that are born out of the Pacific Ocean. And that's why the Philippines is the most storm and typhoon-resilient nation on Earth. We're used to it, We get 20 to 25 storms every year. And that's the special distinction of the Philippines and our relationship with the Pacific Ocean as well. So the Pacific Ocean batters us in storms, but it also gives us immeasurable amounts of seafood. So historically, Filipinos being an island nation, We've mostly been fisher folk, and a lot of our fishers travel up and down the Pacific, which is so unimaginably vast that you can spend hundreds of days just sailing in one direction and never see land. So all this vast expanse of water generates a lot of food, and this food has been used by Filipinos for generations. So disrupting the balance by adding nuclear wastewater can only do harm for the livelihoods, not just the Filipinos, but for the livelihoods of every other nation that fishes in the Pacific Ocean.
0: But I just want to focus on the treated water that will be coming out supposedly from the uh, nuclear power plant. So I actually got to talk to the Japanese embassy earlier this week, and they actually had a term for this. It's called the Advanced Liquid Processing System Treated Water. So. The water from the nuclear power plants will go through a system called the ALPS and it, that's what will be released to the ocean. So they said, as I would quote them, what Japan will discharge into the ocean is ALPS, the Advanced Liquid Processing System, treated water that meets safety standards and is not contaminated water. They kept emphasizing that it's not contaminated. The ALPS treated water will be discharged into the ocean in accordance with international standards and guidelines that will be sufficiently safe for humans and the environment. And then they also said that the effects of the emissions will be extremely small. And we also have to note that the International Atomic Energy Agency, which is known for ensuring the safe and peaceful use of nuclear technology, said that this is all actually safe. So with these regulations... How would you respond to this, sir?
1: A few years ago, the Japanese government was already caught not telling the full truth about what's actually in the wastewater from its nuclear plants. In a report, TEPCO, which is a very big entity in Japan, admitted that 80% or so of its quote-unquote treated wastewater Contain a lot of dangerous radium nuclides including cobalt, strontium, lithium, cesium, And yung pinaka maalala natin is tritium. So yung tritium, yan yung mahirap uh, i-separate from water. So the usual solution for nuclear wastewater or nuclear byproducts is to really bury them out of sight, out of mind. And then this, is, this has been the traditional way of dealing with it for decades. Usually, these items are sealed and cement and buried deep underground. And although right. you know, there are far better ways of, of doing it uh, in a more environmentally sustainable manner, in this modern day age wherein everyone's scrambling for quick fix solutions in a fast-paced world, maybe that's one of the best that we can do which is to keep it in storage for a very long time, which, of course, is the absolute opposite of letting all this potentially unsafe, quote-unquote, treated wastewater out at sea, particularly the Pacific Ocean, which is the most important ocean on Earth. And it's been said before, but if the individuals who say that the water that is treated from the contaminated plants is super safe, then why don't they drink it publicly and make all the members of their families drink it first? So if they do that, then cool, it's gotta be safe. But if they don't do it publicly, I don't know, maybe it's an inconvenient truth for them to to face up to the facts that cleaning up after a nuclear disaster, even though it was accidental, I mean, no one wanted the giant tsunami to raise the Fukushima plant from existence. That is just not fun work. No one wants to be tied down for the next few decades doing this kind of cleanup work, which is tedious, super expensive, and requires a lot of space. But it's exactly what they have to do. The best solution for all this quote-unquote, treated wastewater would be to hold it in storage maybe for the next 100 years until the half-lives of all the potentially radioactive substances are halved to measurable levels. Levels that are no longer so unsafe for life. And of course, at best alternatives, we've got to put the welfare of everyone. Because we're not just thinking about damage to fisheries or coral reefs, mangrove areas, tidal flats, mud beds—so many kinds of habitats in the Pacific Ocean—we have to think about a the seventeen nations and independent territories that ring the Pacific Ocean. Essentially from the Philippines to China to the United States of America, lahat yung nakadikit sa Pacific Ocean. The Pacific Ocean is so vast that it covers one-third of the area of this planet. You can literally sail for a hundred days through it and you'd never see dry land. It's so big, if you got all the land masses of this planet together, then the Pacific Ocean would still be larger. And of course, from a biodiversity standpoint, it's an incredible source of life. From small fish like uh, anchovies to large and very economically valuable fish like tuna, which have spawned multi-billion dollar industries. It's so expensive. And of course, it spurs the lives and livelihoods of billions of people. So dumping potentially untreated or quote-unquote treated, but not really because it has been proven before that Japan said that they treated wastewater. But wait, there's mga, mga more may added value. There's a lot of stuff that they didn't declare which was in the wastewater. This can do a lot of harm to the fisheries in the region. There's a report by the Asahi Shimbun in December of 2020 that found that among over 2,000 Japanese respondents of a survey, 55% of Japanese people outright opposed the dumping of this nuclear wastewater. And 86% of them worried greatly about the international perception of Japan, you know, a leader, Japan is really number one in a lot of stuff. So why should it be doing this kind of cheap move when it has more than enough knowledge and resources to do the right thing, which is to store all these tons of wastewater somewhere safe for the next 50 to 100 years and then dump it in the year 2130 or whatnot. That's nothing. It's a fraction in the in the timescale of the Earth's calendar. So that's obviously what Japan, a great country with great people, should be doing.
0: I actually like that you pointed out Tritium because they also mentioned, I mean, the regulators would admit that they cannot remove tritium in the treated water. It cannot be purified by the system that they have. But they would also mention that tritium has the same properties as water and it will be purified by uh, large quantities of seawater to be able for tritium concentrations to follow regulatory standards. So how would you react to this, sir? Because this is what they would commonly say to be able to mention that this treated water is safe.
1: I would err on the side of safe, because the effect of nuclear radiation on any kind of life, we just don't know enough about it to be sure so just to be safe let's just invest a few million more dollars do the right thing and not dump this potentially dangerous wastewater out in the wild so it's very important because like nuclear radiation it and the Japanese of all people, of all people in the world, should be more familiar with this than any other people on Earth because two of these bombs were dropped on their islands in 1945. By its very history, as the only country where nuclear bombs or atomic bombs were dropped, has a populace that is inherently afraid of nuclear and atomic bombs technology, okay. ng Japan of potential effects of nuclear radiation on life. Just don't know what its effects are. What we are sure of is the effects of radiation on certain people, and it causes cancer. It's also very, very dangerous because nuclear fallout and radiation gets to be very hot. And maybe a big fish can survive it, but what if your fish larva or coral larva just traveling through the ocean, you're going to get cooked. You're going to get boiled. You're going to die. So this is the kind of stuff that we just don't know fully about. And again, it's just not smart For Japan, one country, to risk the livelihoods, not just of the 17 countries that fish in the Pacific Ocean, but essentially of all the countries on Earth, because far more than 17 countries and territories fish in the Pacific Ocean. If you have a fishing fleet somewhere, you're probably fishing in the Pacific Ocean. Now, we don't care if you're from Canada, you're from Sweden, you're from like the UAE, you're probably you probably have some fishing boats operating in the pacific which means that pacific ocean fish of which 84 million tons is generated every year and this 84 million tons is already 70 percent of the planet's wild capture fisheries so just to give you guys an idea i'm a bit of a fish freak (laughs) about Half of the fish we eat on Earth are farmed. Surprise! And about half are caught from wild capture fisheries. These are the last places on Earth where you can go out and expect to catch something wild, like the Amazon River, or the Mekong Delta in Indochina, or the vastness of the Pacific Ocean. Now, the Pacific already supplies the world with 70% of its remaining wild capture fisheries. Why endanger that? To save a few cheap bucks of just releasing nuclear wastewater. Again, it doesn't make sense. And for me, since I respect Japanese people so much, always have, uh, it just doesn't make a lot of... And I know a lot of Japanese people are with me on this because it's already shown in the surveys. That a lot of them completely don't agree with their government's decision to just let this go, right? So you're not just endangering all these fish, all these fishers. Everyone who eats fish from the Pacific Ocean, which is essentially everyone who eats fish, might get a dose of radioactive fish. If... All this stuff turns out to be not as clean and treated as is advertised. And I don't know with you, but that's not a risk I'm willing to take. Not if my kid or not if my mom is going to
0: eat this stuff. Sir, I'm glad that you mentioned about the Pacific Ocean. But as of the moment, since you are doing research on fisheries and aquatic biodiversity, how is the Pacific Ocean right now?
1: Oh my God, that is a great question, Vidya. because... The Pacific Ocean has enough problems of its own. It's one of the more problematic areas in terms of conservation because it is assailed by, number one, an incredible amount of pollution. There is so much plastic waste floating in the Pacific Ocean that it's like a meme already. It's like comedy when you think about it. It's just so much waste. There's like more trash floating in the Pacific than there are fish. And Our viewers only have to Google the Great Pacific Garbage Patch to see what we're talking about. Essentially, you have an area the size of Texas or larger, and then it's just full of garbage. And most of this garbage, you can't even see. So people say, oh, a Pacific garbage patch. When you fly over it, you actually kind of just see blue. It's because the great majority of plastics are what we call microplastics. They have been broken down into very small pieces and thus look dangerously like plankton. So the Pacific is the number one ocean full of microplastics. And the problem is because the microplastics look shiny and a bit transparent, they kind of look like plankton. And if I'm your regular everyday sardinas and I'm kind of hungry... Um, I eat this floating thing. Hindi ko naman alam na plastic siya. And so it becomes a part of my little sardine body. And then I'm eaten by a larger fish like a tuna. And that becomes part of the tuna's body. And that tuna is caught in the Philippines and sold in Japan to sushi connoisseurs who like to eat raw stuff. And because it hasn't been treated, uh, small pieces of plastic are most probably ingested by me. And surprise! Right now, most of you viewers of this video have small pieces of plastic embedded in your body. Microplastics are now a part of you. It's in the water, in the coffee you drink, it's in the vegetables you eat, and most certainly, 100% sure, it's in the flesh of the fish caught in the Pacific Ocean. Number two, the Pacific Ocean is facing climate change more than any other ocean on Earth because it's the hottest ocean out there. It's so hot that through thermogenesis, it spawns the creation of powerful typhoons, of which this country, the Philippines, is the number one customer of. And maybe the the third problem is overfishing. It's because, you know, everyone's scrambling to get the few fish that are still left in the Pacific. I mean, mind you, there's still a lot of fish left in the Pacific, but everyone is literally scrambling with better technology, like GPS, sonar, radar, to be able to track their prey more efficiently and capture more of them.
0: Just to um, give this last question, Paul, just a general question. When we usually talk about environmental issues, especially in the Philippines, there seems to be a lack of vigilance or sense of urgency. So why is that so? And how do we convince people to be more aware or to speak up more about environmental issues like this? So the
1: first thing that many of our viewers should realize is that a lot of this environmental news matters to you. It will affect your lives directly. Most of the time, environmental the reading is relegated as is like leisure reading. It's like, oh, I'm going to read about endangered species because I'm into whale sharks or I'm into manta rays or green sea turtles. But in almost every case, what you read about sea turtles or whale sharks or manta rays will affect your life. Whether it's the prices of fish and other basic commodities suddenly spiking because the wild populations of fish or invertebrates are doing as well, to the The die off of thousands of square kilometers of corals because of climate change, which is soon going to affect your very house by making sure if you're not on aircon all the time, you're going to melt. All your plants are going to die unless you keep watering all the time. It affects you. And it not just affects you, but it will affect your kids. Because if we're having it a bit bad now, try to imagine what our world will look like in the next 30 years when your kids are big enough to start families of their own so it's our concern because we want to make this world better for our kids and also ourselves so let's listen to a lot of this environmental stuff and figure out the many ways by which we can help become part of the solution
0: Greg Yan, founder and executive director of Best Alternatives. He talks about how Japan's plan to release treated water from its power plants will affect countries like the Philippines whose food consumption relies heavily on its already polluted waters. And that's it for today's episode of B-Side. Thanks for listening.